In this week's parsha, we have the brachos that Hashem is giving for the Yidden doing their avoid and Torah and mitzvahs. And one of the psukim that say is, Ufonisi Aleichem, Hashem says, I'm going to turn to you, V'yifresi Eschem, I'm going to multiply you, V'yirbesi Eschem, and I'm going to increase you. So the Rebbe starts off the Sikha by saying that on this passage that we just quoted, Rashi quotes the words, Ufonisi Aleichem, and he explains, Efne mikol I'm going to turn away from all of my affairs, L'shalim scharchem, to give you, to pay you your reward. What is this compared to? To a king that hired workers, etc. is what Rashi says. As we'll see a little bit more of this mashal later on in the Sikha. The questions that Rebbe has is, number one, what is the issue with just saying, what is missing in just saying, I will turn from all of my affairs to pay you your reward, which Rashi even needs another marshal to explain this about a king that hires workers. On the other hand, says the Rebbe, if there is something that's not completely smooth and not understood with Rashi's explanation, how is the marshal that hi- of a king hiring workers going to help us understand anything when seemingly within the marshal it's basically just saying the same idea of the king paying his worker, etc.? as we'll soon see again more about this marshal. But it doesn't seemingly add to the actual pirush that Rashi is saying. Furthermore, in Pashas Achrei, by the prohibition of consuming blood, so too in Pashas Kedoshim, by the prohibition of someone giving from his children to the Avoy de Zara called Moilech, Rashi explains something very similar to our Pasuk here, but there it's in the, in the negative in regards to the opposite of good, so there Rashi says, Venosati ponai. Rashi explains, what does it mean, Venosati ponai, I will place my face? Rashi explains it, Penaishali, my time, and that I'm going to turn away from all of my other affairs and deal with this person, again, in a negative way. Over there, Rashi doesn't add any muscle to explain the point. Finally, the Rebbe says, in the muscle itself, where it says, Mashal Mahadavar Doima, what is this compared to, to a king that hires workers? Now, seemingly, the idea of hiring workers, and then, of course, paying the workers, but hiring workers is not something that specifically applies to a king. Furthermore, it's not as his mile, as his special quality as a king, that that's why he hires workers. Every single person can and does hire workers. So it should have said, Mashal Adam, a marshal of a person that hires workers and that he turns from all of his affairs to be able to pay the worker that did especially a big job, a lot of work, etc., etc. So the Rebbe says, seemingly we would be able to explain all of this by first prefacing another question. Since Rashi had in fact explained the idea of v'nasati ponai, and so too v'ani etenis ponai, as Hashem turning away from all of his affairs, from all of his businesses, to now focus his attention on this individual, why does Rashi even need to repeat this pirush again? Especially that the idea of an osati ponai, or these type of expressions, that means penaishali, that I'm going to take my time, and I'm going to turn from all of my affairs, the explanation would have been perhaps needed over there, where it says the term ponai, which you could make a mistake to think that it's only from the expression of ponai meaning of face, so therefore Rashi has to explain that it means time and that it means turning away. 
But in our Pasuk where it says, clearly you fonisi aleichem, I will turn to you. Which simply means, there is no other way of explaining these words other than I'll turn to you. So seemingly, it's obvious that it then means Hashem is turning away from something else, from his other fears, and he's turning to you. So why does Rashi even have to explain anything at all? So the explanation is, seemingly we would say as follows. In Parshas Acharei, by the prohibition of dumb, of blood. And so too in Parshas Kedoshim, by, by a person giving this from his children to the Moilech. Over there, we were speaking about one individual doing an Avera. So there we might say, and Rashi needs to explain, it means that I'm going to put my, I'm going to give my time, and I'm going to turn away from all of my affairs to deal with this one individual, that Hashem is putting all of the affairs of the community, of the public aside, to deal with this individual. But in our Parsha, where we're speaking about Klolus Am Yisrael, all of the Yidden. The Pasuk says, Ufanisi Aleichem, I'm going to turn to the Yidden. So one may ask, what does it even mean that Hashem is turning away from all of my affairs to pay you your reward? Rather than, perhaps it should have said, Misha'ar, from the other things I'm involved in. If we're speaking about all of Hashem's affairs, isn't part of that also to deal with the Yidden and to pay them the reward for Torah and Mitzvahs? So we may say that because of this question, Rashi came along at our parsha and is specifically explaining that even in our case of Nisi Aleichem, even though it's true that we're speaking about, about all of Am Yisrael, yet Rashi needs to explain that Ephnemi Kolasokai, that here too it means I'm going to turn away from all of my affairs to give you your reward. And it's for this point that Rashi is going to help, uh, help us understand this idea with the marshal of the king that hires workers. And as Rashi says, v'chulu, as we'll soon see more about this marshal, as it says in Teiros Kayanim. Perhaps when we look in the, in the marshal, this will answer our question of why it has to say, ethnami kolasokai, that I'm turning away from all of my affairs to give you your reward. What do we see in Torah's Kayinim? In Torah's Kayinim it says as follows. We're speaking about a king that hired a lot of workers. The rest of them didn't do so much work. But there was one worker that did work for many, many days. When the other workers come to get their, their payment, and this one worker comes along with them as well. So the king says, let me first finish off giving these other workers what, what they need to be given. And then I'm going to turn to you. Because this person has done so much work for the king, the king has to calculate and work it out and focus his attention on this worker. So too in the Nimshul, the Yidin in Olam Hazer were coming and asking reward of Hashem. The Goyim are also asking reward of Hashem. Hashem says to them, to the, Hashem says to the Yidin, my children, let me first finish off giving the Goyim what I need to give them. But you, I have a big calculation to make with you that I'm going to work out with you, etc. That's the pshat, as the Medr says, that I'm going to turn to you. What do we see from this marshal? That first of all, there are other workers that Hashem needs to give them their payment. And that that's also part of Hashem's asokim, Hashem's business, Hashem's affairs. Number two, the umesoilim are called poyalim harbe. They are the many workers, whereas the yidden are like the one nation. They are like the one worker. And finally, the reward for Olam, from the Goyim, for Umis Olam, that's a reward, a Gashmi is the reward in this world. Whereas to the Yidden, Hashem is saying, I have a lot of reward for you, for Olam Haba, that I'm going to need to calculate for you, and I'm going to give you all this amazing spiritual reward in Gan Eden, as the Mepharshim explained this particular Medrash. 
This will help us understand why, first of all, for the reward of Am Yisroel, Hashem is saying, I'm going to turn away from all of my other affairs. What are these other affairs? This includes this idea of paying the reward to all of these other goyim. Whereas to give the payment and the reward to the Yidin, this is going to be a special reward, which is not similar to Kolasoke to all of Hashem's other dealings. And that's why Hashem says, so to speak, I have to turn away from all of these things because that's going to be re- the, the Goyim's reward is Oilam Hazer. Where now we have to turn away from this and now is a whole new ta- ta- type of calculation for Oilam Abba. Also says the Rebbe, this will help us understand why in the marshal it's a marshal to a melech, which we asked before, why not just to an ordinary person? Because this idea of hiring lots of workers, usually it's going to be by a king that has many, many, many people working for him. So this is possibly the way we could have explained what Rashi is saying, but the Rebbe is not satisfied with this. The Rebbe says it's difficult to say that simply this is what Rashi is trying to tell us. Why? Because first of all, then Rashi should have quoted from the Torah's Koyanim also these words that it was Poyelam Harbi, that there were many workers, and that there was one individual worker that's different to them. Or at least Rashi should have said the word Poyelam Harbi, which is then such a crucial and main part of his Pirush, and not just saying the words V'chulu Kidneisa B'Toyras Koyanim. Says the Rebbe, therefore we must say that the main explanation that Rashi actually needs is just from those few words. For Rashi to explain those few words, I'm going to turn away from all of my other dealings to pay you your reward. All that Rashi needs is just those few words. The marshal is about a king that hires workers. All the other details in the marshal in those details, there isn't really much of a chiddush to be able to explain us the meaning of our pasuk. It's only those words that we just quoted that the king hired a lot of, uh, that the king, Marshal and Melech, Shesachar Poyalim, a king hired workers. That's enough to help us understand what's going on in our pasuk. And that's why the rest, Rashi could just say, We'll get back to this Rashi soon. First, the Rebbe deals now with the next Rashi. On the words, the Pasuk says, I'm going to turn to you, Rashi says, This means by being fruitful and multiplying. Then the Pasuk says, I'm going to make you increase. Rashi says, Which means with an upright, going in an upright way, with your held head held up, with your head held up high, going tall, erect, etc., so we need to understand, in Pasha's Bereshis, Rashi explained Purvu in the following way. Peru being fruitful would have meant that each person just has one child and no more. So what does Ruvu come to add? Multiply come to add? That each individual could also have many children. So how does Rashi say over here on Vihifresi, which is the same word as Peru, how does Rashi say that Vifresi means being fruitful and multiplying? So some of Farshim say that over here, the meaning cannot be like in Pasha's Bereshis, that Vifresi would have only meant that each person has one child. Because this idea of a person having one child, that's part of the nature of creation, and that you wouldn't consider a special bracha in our Pasha. If in our parsha we're coming to speak about the special brachas that Hashem is giving the Yidin, we have to say that Vihifresi automatically includes also having a number of children. 
And therefore, when the Pasuk then says, after Vifresi, another thing, Vihirbesi, so we can't just say that it means more children, but rather we have to say there's another kind of thing we're speaking over here, and this is more of a quality type of thing. So Rashi says it means for walking upright. However, the Rebbe says this is difficult to understand. What in what the the way this it's being explained now that Vifresi means period verivia. And that it means that a person doesn't only have one child, but has a few children. Seemingly, this is also not a very unique bracha that's just for the Yidden. Goyim also have that a Goy has an, a number of children. So if the problem with Vifresi to say that it means one child is because that wouldn't be a special bracha, so then if you include Pirya Virivya, being fruitful and multiplying and having a few children, seemingly that's also not a unique bracha. Says the Rebbe, to explain all of this, we're going to have a look at what's the real problem in our Pasuk. If the words of Fonisi Aleichem simply means, like we said earlier, like Vnasati Ponai in Parshas Achrei, and Vani Etin Es Ponai in Parshas Kedoshim, where it means Hashem is saying, I'm going to turn away from all of my affairs to pay you your reward. If that's the meaning in our Pasuk as well as we would have assumed, so then, it should have said it where, right in the very beginning of the parsha, it should have said, if you follow my laws, if you go in my ways of Torah and mitzvahs, as an introduction before the, all the other promises and brachis of the parsha, so then you say, I'm going to turn to you and give you all these brachis. Alternatively, it could have said it all the way at the end, as we actually find in parsha's Achri, in parsha's Kedoshim. Where is our Pasuk up here? It comes in right in middle of all of the brachis, all of the rewards that come from fulfilling of Torah and mitzvahs. If that's the case, we would have said, Ufonisi Aleichem in our parsha seemingly does not mean I'm going to turn away from everything that I'm doing to give you your reward. Rather, it's some individual specific schar for something unique in regards to Torah and mitzvahs. There's something individual specific over here, not just a general idea of all the payments and the rewards. This is why Rashi says that here too, the word of Fonisi Aleichem means I'm going to turn away from everything else to give you your reward. So why does it say in the middle of the parsha? Why doesn't it say at the very, very beginning of all the brachis and the reward or at the end? This is what Rashi is coming to explain with the marshal of a melech that hires workers, as we'll soon see. And the Rebbe explains, when a regular person or even a great officer, a minister, hires workers for and to get paid, because they're going to be doing work for him. That kind of situation we understand, because a person normally cannot force somebody else to work for him. The question becomes, a king, why is he hiring workers? Why is he paying the workers? Since he is the ruler, he's the one in control over the whole country. So every person in the country needs to do, needs to fulfill, needs to obey what the king wants. So why is he going and hiring workers? This tells us that we're not speaking about the regular type of work that the B'nai Medina, the people of the country, are obligated to do for the king or for the benefit of the country. Those things are done without hiring workers, before hiring workers. Here we're speaking about some additional things, that there wouldn't be an absolute obligation and not an absolute necessity for the king or the country. And therefore, in order for these things also to happen, for this, the king hires workers that are going to be paid. Schar or schar merubah, they're going to be paid a lot. They're going to be getting great reward. The same thing is true in the nimshal. 
And that's why Rashi only brought this idea, kings hiring workers. What's in the Nimshul? The Parsha starts off in Bechu Koisai Teilechu. What does Imbuchu Koisai Teilechu mean? doesn't just mean regular Torah and mitzvahs. Rashi translated over there, Shatiyu Ameilim B'Torah, you're going to be toiling, you're going to be working very hard in Torah. Not only, that means not only learning Torah as much as you're obligated, but Ameilim B'Torah, putting an extra effort into the Torah. More than that which is demanded or needed just based on the simple mitzvah of Talmud Torah. So too on the words of Es Mitzvah so it's also the same idea. That you're going to be learning Torah al-manas lishmoyrulakayim. In other words, again, it's going to be doing Torah and mitzvahs in a way that's much more than just what you're obligated. You're going to be putting in a lot more effort. This idea of fulfilling Torah and mitzvahs in this way much more than you're obligated is going to be similar to the marshal where the king is hiring workers to do the kind of work that simply the regular people of the country are not obligated to do. And therefore we understand that for this type of fulfillment of Torah and mitzvahs, there also needs to be some extra additional and unique type of schar. So now we can understand why this word Zufanisi Aleichem is right in the middle of the parsha. That is, since Bechukho means not only regular learning Torah, but that extra additional learning Torah with extra effort, so obviously included in that is first of all they're doing the regular amounts of Torah that need to be learned that they are obligated to learn. And as it says clearly, which clearly includes the idea of learning Torah and doing mitzvahs in the regular way. So therefore, for the doing and so on, Yidin actually deserve two different things. There's number one for the regular fulfillment of Torah and mitzvahs, of how much you're obligated. And then there's the special reward for for putting in the extra effort of doing Torah and mitzvahs with, the, with all of the additions. It's in accordance to this, that Torah gives us two types of reward. First, the Torah starts speaking about the regular reward for Torah and mitzvahs, when a person is doing Torah and mitzvahs in the normal, ordinary way. Generally, this is the reward that the Pasuk was speaking about, rain will come in its right time, and so on, the regular types of rewards for Torah and mitzvahs. Then, in, after saying that reward, and that's why we said it's the middle of the Parsha, but what does it mean it's the middle of the Parsha? It's after we discussed a number of rewards. Now the Torah starts speaking about a second type of reward for doing, putting in that extra effort in Torah, the extra toil in Torah. What does it say? Ufanisi aleichem. I'm gonna to turn to you. Meaning to say that for this type of avoida that you, the Yidden, went and Amalim Batoida worked so extra hard in Torah more than what was obligated, there's a new type and a higher type of reward and this is the type of reward where Hashem says, I'm going to turn away from all of my other affairs to give you your reward. What does this mean? Regarding the first type of reward that comes, just for normal, ordinary, doing Torah and mitzvahs according to the obligation, you cannot say, Hashem is saying, I'm going to turn away from all of my affairs to give you the reward. Why? Because something similar to this type of reward, Goyim also get for the fulfillment of their Sheva mitzvahs b'nei noyach. And for learning the dinim, the halachis of Torah that are relevant to their halachis, to their Shev Mitzvah But the special reward that Yidin get for putting in the extra effort working hard in Torah. Again, similar like in the Moshul where we say that a Melech Socha, that he's hiring workers because it's things that they don't need to do. This is something that does not exist by the Goyim. The Rebbe will explain this point a little bit more soon. And therefore, these brachas are in a way where Hashem says, Ufanisi I'm going to turn away from everyone else, I'm going to turn away from all of my other affairs, to give you your reward. Now, the truth of the matter is, even though in Rashi's expression, 
bringing from the Torah's koyim, it says, Melech Shesachar Poyalim. Now, Poyalim means workers in the plural. So, which implies that even other people besides the Eden are also being hired, which in the nimshal would mean that even the goyim are, there is a concept of doing avoid more than the letter of the law and more than what's obligated, and therefore they also deserve more of a reward. Says the Rebbe, that's true, that's because amongst goyim there's also something called chasid, the righteous goyim, which are going to be doing more than the bare minimum what's necessary, what they have to do. But nevertheless, even that sort of avoid of these goyim completely cannot compare to the additional type of avoid the way a yid does it of amelim betoira, and therefore the schar of the yidin is completely unique, unique in a way where Hashem says, "I'm going to turn away from all of my other things to give you your reward." In other words, Hashem is turning away to a whole new type of reward, even if we want to compare it to that which is given to the chasidim asoylam. Says the Rebbe, now we could start understanding the next Rashi, where it says, the Ephraim Yeschem Rashi says, Bepiria Verivia. Says the Rebbe, since we're not just dealing with a normal type of reward over here, we're speaking about something extra and unique, which is coming as a result of Hashem saying, I'm going to turn to you especially. This is something that has to be unique specifically for the Yidden and not for the Goyim. If that's the case, you cannot say that the Ephraim and the Erbasi would just mean, the Ephraim means, being fruitful and verbasi means multiplying, which as we said before would mean, the first word meaning one child and verbasi would mean a number of children, because that type of bracha we find by goyim as well. So we have to say that there's something unique in verbasi, a special bracha, that's not the regular being fruitful. And that that's coming as a result of Ufanisi Aleichem of Hashem giving us His special attention. This is why Rashi says that the word verbasi itself doesn't only mean being fruitful. But it also includes the idea of period virivia. It also includes the idea of increasing. But furthermore, the Rebbe says, it's not only that the Ephraim includes both of these brachos, to have one child or to have more children, but there's a different type of the Ephraim. The fruitful itself is in a way of the Hirbasi, in a way, in a way of rivia, in a way of, of strong increase, of multiplying. How is that? Says the Rebbe, because when we see, say, pru or avu by the goyim, which pru would mean one person has another child, each person would have one more child. And ruvu, as we said, would mean more children. But when person has one child, it doesn't necessarily mean that that child is going to then be able to have more children. Pru means you're going to have a child. And it's possible that the child will be someone that cannot have another child, or a, or a girl that will be a barren woman. And therefore, the Rashi is telling us, Ve'efreisi by the Yidin means, the meaning of this bracha is, that immediately when that first child is born, that one child already is in a way of ribui, in a way of increasing meaning, that from this child there will be many, many more generations, all the way to all the, the, way of the end of all generations. So when Rashi says, Ve'efreisi, that it means, it doesn't only mean that one person is going to have many children, it means it's a different type of Ve'efreisi, it's a different type of being fruitful, that every child is going to be many. This is similar to what it says by Avram Avinu, where Hashem says, I gave him many children, and then the Pasuk says, I gave him Yitzchak, Yitzchak is only one child. Because the meaning of Arba over here means that through Yitzchak comes a ribuyotzim, a tremendous amount of Yidin afterwards. So that's what Rashi is telling us, the Ephraim is the period of that the child itself that you're going to get is going to be 
an everlasting thing. And certainly that there's the bracha also simply, just like by Goyim, that each person also has many children in the simple sense. So since the Ephrasi already included the concept of multiplying, but and multiplying in, in quantity, and as we explained, it also means for future generations. So we now, when we come to the words Vir Beisi Eschem in the Pasuk, this must be saying something already in quality. And therefore, the Ribuy over here, and again, the Ribuy is coming because of Fonisi Aleichem, because Hashem is saying, I am going to turn to you. And this is why Rashi says, what is Vir Beisi Eschem mean? Bekoimus Kufa. That means not only are you going to have the promise, which it says already regarding Yaakov versus Esav, that Verav, Yaakov Tzoyer, Yahweh Tzoyer, the older one, the Rav, the greater one in a certain sense, Esav is going to serve the younger one. But furthermore, because of Fanisi Aleichem, that even that younger one, even Yaakov, is going to be in a way of Erebesi, in the way of Rav, as in Verav, Yahweh Tzoyer, meaning he's going to be like the greater one, Bekoimuskufa, he is going to be standing erect, that means not only, again, the, quant- the quantity, as we said, many Yidin, but also in the quality that each Yid is going to be standing the most upright way. Says the Rebbe, seemingly it's not completely, ev- not everything is understood yet in the smoothest way. From the words of Rashi, Rashi doesn't say from the rest of my dealings, the rest of my affairs, but it seems to be understood that this type of payment or reward is not as part of Hashem's regular asokai, Hashem's regular affairs. Because it says Hashem is turning away from all of His affairs. So we need to understand, why is this idea that Hashem is involved with paying the Yidden, even if it's a unique schar, why isn't that counted as part of Hashem's regular asokim, Hashem's regular businesses or dealings? So we must say that somehow these words of Fanisi Aleichem is expressing something much, much deeper in the way how Hashem is focusing, paying attention, and giving to the Yidden much more than any other Asek, Mikol Asokai. In order to explain this, the Rebbe says, let's understand this word Asek. When we say we're doing something, we're involved in something, we're doing a business, and if it's something that we're doing, we're involved in. So what it really means on a deeper level, when we say by a person down here that he's involved in an Asek, that clearly is showing he's involved in a business, he's doing something, he's involved in something, that clearly means that's not the way he is for himself in his very own essence. He is right now involved in something else. That means when he's paying attention, this particular ASIC involvement business that he's doing, that means that showing it's the person in some way is already leaving, going down from his essence to be involved and deal with something else. So to speak, the same thing is true by Hashem. We know that the essence of Hashem, of course, is completely not within the realm of being being able to be revealed, being drawn down. So any sort of hashpa and amshacha, anything that's coming down from Hashem, where Hashem is being in, getting involved with our world, that's what's called asokai. That's what's called as if the Asak Hashem had to lower himself and start dealing with these lower ideas. That's coming basically from a level within Hashem's, with the, in the godly energy, which is already on the level of a hamshacha being drawn down, yirida, descending and so on. It says the Rebbe, this then is the meaning Everything else, all of the creation of all the worlds, even the regular reward and punishment, even to Yidin, are only from the level of what we call only like a little ray, a little light, a little gilui, a little manifestation of Elikos. 
And therefore, all of that is considered asokai of Hashem, as if he's involved in something else. How Hashem, so to speak, is is being mitzamtim, is contracting himself into a tenua, into a mode, into a movement of somehow being drawn down into the spheroids, into the world, etc. But the avoid of Yidin, when they are a male in Torah, when they're putting in that extra effort in Torah, more than what's demanded according to the tzivu, according to what's was you were commanded, then he's doing Torah and mitzvahs by the Yid is not as if he's doing it something that he's just involved in with his external koiches, with his, the chitzonis of his nefesh, as if it's something external to him and he's just involved with it. But when a yid is doing it, doing it with toil means he's really involved to the deepest part of his nefesh, with his primis and nefesh, and that's why you're doing more than you're obligated. That, so to speak, br- that, so to speak brings out Melamila from Hashem, that Hashem is also going to turn out to the Yidden with his deepest pnimius and atzmius, with his very essence, much higher than any of these other oiris and giluyim. And that is the deep, real meaning and the deeper meaning of ethne animikol asokai. And Hashem is turning away from any of these dealings and businesses, which is all a yirida. Rather, with his very essence, he's connecting to the Yidden. Furthermore, as the Yidden and Hashem are kulachad mamash becoming one. Another point, says the Rebbe. We know that the Geder, the definition, the boundaries of a created being, is that everything is usually a Makabala recipient. In other words, you always be, need to be receiving from those things that are higher than you. This is true even by the highest creatures, even by the greatest Oiris and Giluyim of the highest types of spheres and so on. They're always being Makabal from, they're always receiving from that which is above them, from that which is higher than them. And therefore, the real idea of mashpia, of being purely mashpia, being just on the giving end, is be'emes usually not shayach by all of creation. The real mashpia, the real, the only real one that you could say is only a mashpia without receiving, without the need to receive, etc. Of course, is only Hashem Himself, the essence of Hashem Himself. Now, when Yidin learn Torah and do mitzvahs, only as much as they are commanded, so they too are in the level of a makabal of a recipient. They are receiving, they are listening to the commands of the Ebishter and so on. However, when the Yid becomes on this level of Amelim B'Toyre, he's doing much more than that which is demanded just based on what he was commanded. So now, to a certain extent, he is now like a Mashpia. He is doing things, B'Koyach Atzma, he's doing it on his own. In this way, in his, to a certain degree, he's becoming Doyma Laboyre, similar to his Creator, similar to Hashem, what's being revealed in the Yid, is how the Yid himself is rooted in Atzmus, in the essence of Hashem. And therefore the reward is also coming directly from Atzmus. Hashem says, I will turn to you. I'm going to turn away from everything else and give you your reward. Says the Rebbe, and therefore this reward, first and foremost, also expresses itself in the concept of of being fruitful and multiplying, which is an union of Hashpah, an union of having a child is a concept of creating that child, that's an union of Ashpah. And the Rebbe says, in addition to the general idea of birth, already being an expression of the koyach in soif, of the infinite power of Hashem, but even more so, when Hashem himself is turning to us, the vifresi itself becomes, as we said, in a way of period, that every single detail, every individual birth, every individual child, also becomes in a way of bleak vul, of ein soif, for, for the rest of all generations. The Rebbe now asks the following question. We need to understand. In the continuation of the brachis, after Ufanisi Aleichem, the Pasa goes on to speak about a number of rewards associated with lots of gashmi things. 
And the question is, how can we say that all of these Gashmizdika things are a continuation and connected to this idea of Fonisi Aleichem coming from the very essence of Hashem? So the Rebbe says the explanation is, if we would be speaking about a reward coming from the level, as we said before, only of Oir, Oirais and Hashpois, of various different Sphirais, etc., which they themselves have their own limitations and definitions, that they're restricted to spirituality, to Bligvul, or at least at a level of Gilui. So therefore you could say that they could only express themselves in their regular sphere of influence, in spirituality, for example, in something that's according to their level. And therefore they cannot come down to something that's completely out of their realm, so the only way they could come is going to be in a way of tzimtzum and miyut. They have to decrease in the ashpa in order that it should eventually come down into lowly things as well. So that would mean that, in other words, the bracha would come from those places. A greater bracha would obviously have to be in ruchni yizdika things because it's coming from a ruchni yizdika place because otherwise it has to become less and less and less. But since it's coming from Hashem Himself, from Nisi Aleichem, from the essence of Hashem, who is not limited in any way, has absolutely no def- definitions and no restrictions at all. Therefore, the bracha, when it's coming from Hashem Himself, from the essence of Hashem, it could come even in, and specifically comes in Gashmi as the good things. And plenty of Gashmi is even in a way that we could see it. And it can be revealed without any sort of contractions as it is coming from the essence of Hashem. The Rebbe says there is still something that needs to be understood. Yes, it's true that from Hashem Himself, the bracha could come even in lots of Gashmias. But seemingly, how does any of this Gashmias like a reward, how is it in any way even significant? How can we even sort of mention it and focus on it compared to the idea that this is something, when we're speaking about Hashem Himself turning to us, the Yidin themselves, as we said, are becoming one with Hashem, how does any of this Gashmias even matter? Number two, says the Rebbe, let's look at Rashi's words. Ufanisi aleichem, Rashi is calling l'shalim scharchem to give you payment, to give you a reward. That means it is some sort of reward. Seemingly, reward, a payment, when you're being paid for doing a job, is, at the end of the day, it sounds like the worker and the one who's doing the worker work for are two separate things. Here we're speaking about ufanisi aleichem, you're becoming one with Hashem. Then how does it make sense that there's you being hired for a job and that you're being paid for the job, that you're separate, something separate from the king? The Rebbe says, again, if we would be speaking about a schar coming from the level of giluyim, of those other spheres and so on, so we would then be, so then we would say that just like you cannot say that they are expressing the very essence of Hashem, they're already expressing a certain level of Hashem lowered himself down to the Olamois. So, so too, they're also not dealing with and expressing and penetrating the essence of the Yid to become one with the Yid. But since we're speaking over here, as we said before, for Nisi Aleichem, the very essence of Hashem, is turning to the Yid, becoming one with the Yid. So how do we say, L'shalem Scharchem, I'm going to give you a payment as if you're something separate to me. So the Rebbe explains that really in this avoid itself of a male in betoyed, of really putting in that extra effort and doing more than what was, what was necessary and demanded, which comes, as we said, from the deepest part of the person, really in this itself there can be two ways. One way is that yes, although I am doing it from the very essence of my soul, but there is still some sort of calculation, some sort of reckoning, some sort of cheshboin that's coming in that I want to become one with Hashem. And since... This is 
his rotsoin. In other words, this is what I want. That itself shows that there's still something that's not mamish, the very, very essence of Hashem. There is the person, and he wants to become one with Hashem. Then there's another way, where a person is doing it without any cheshboinus whatsoever, it's as if there's no goal even that he's looking for. Not even to become one with Atmos. All he's saying is, I want to do what Hashem wants. And therefore, in this case, there's really going to be absolutely no limitations whatsoever. And in this type of avoidah, there is in fact nothing besides Atmos, besides the essence of Hashem. Therefore, the Rebbe says in the Ufonisi Aleichem, in this sort of avoidah, it brings about the avoid the Phoenicia Lechem, there's also going to be two ways. If the avoid is in the first way, where there's still some room left for the person's own mitzvah, that he wants to become one with Hashem. So Phoenicia Lechem, the way Hashem is becoming one with the Yid, which is because I'm mailing Torah, so then it's going to be in a way that yes, the Yid remained the mitzvah, and therefore we still call it a reward, a schar. And this is also why Torah needs to specify the Gashmi is the promises that come as a result of Phoenici Aleichem. Because since there's still some room for the person's Metzius, so therefore there's also slightly a little bit of some room also for his individual needs, even his Gashmi is the needs. However, when the Yid's avoid is with the ultimate Shlemus, without looking for anything, without having any sort of goal, all he's interested in is just doing what Hashem wants, as we said. Then that's the real, the ultimate of Aleichem, in the greatest way, as the parsha concludes with the words, Vo'oyleich eschem koimimiyus. Koimimiyus means upright, but it's, is a double expression of what? That the koim of Hashem and the koim of the Yidden all become one, as the expression is, Yisroel, Malko, Bulchoidoi, the Yidden and the King and Hashem, just by them themselves, all absolutely one.